Well, hey there, you are listening to episode 36 of Successful Bodyworker Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Mayfield, creator and founder of Successful Bodyworker, where helping healing therapists always comes first. This is your number one show that talks solely about the self-care and longevity of the massage therapist and bodyworker. Whether you practice ashiatsu, chair massage, deep tissue relaxation, does not matter to me. I will have the tips and tricks to help you stay in the game for the long haul so you can keep doing what you do best, working on clients, of course. To everyone who has been listening since the beginning, thank you, thank you very much. You have no idea what it means to me. To anyone just joining, I'm glad you have found your way here. If you haven't ventured back to any of the past episodes, I would definitely do so after this show. We have many, many topics on therapist self-care like body mechanics, strength training, nutrition, technique, mental and emotional self-care, and everything in between. We also have some killer interviews with some of our top industry leaders like Scott Linquist, Melinda Liu, Gretchen Pop, and Richard J. Platt, just to name a few. If you find these episodes help you in any way, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it helps a bunch. All right, so I'm ready to get going here. I lit my dragon's blood incense, and I came up with a nickname. Now, I, I believe that, you know, every good person should have a nickname that they should go by, you know, just to kind of have fun in life. And I, I figured mine out after 30-plus years of living on this earth. <laughs> and it is spiritual Viking because, one, I'm a body worker, and, two, I'm of Scandinavian descent. So I feel it was fitting, and I, I like it. So... Before we get into today's topic, <laughs> little sidebar there. Before we get into today's topic, I just want to give you a quick update on what's going on within Successful Bodyworker Tribe membership. Right now, as we speak, we are one week away from the much anticipated launch of the MT Injury Roadmap. For those of you who haven't seen or heard anything that I posted about it, this is a three stage program to completely heal a post-acute injury from scratch. We are talking that brand new injury from building range of motion all the way to preventing it from further harm down the road. All in all, for individuals with brand new injuries, this will take about four months to complete from start to finish. Don't have a brand new injury? No problem. This is also good for overuse injuries, ones that have started from some of these habits that we will talk about today in this episode, and also for therapists that haven't had an injury. You can start it from the very beginning just to get into a better mindset in general and strengthen all these areas that usual therapists have trouble with. All of this will be accompanied by downloadable resources like stage workbooks, a comprehensive three-month strength and conditioning log, and a digital exercise and stretch compilation. You will be able to heal that brand new injury or overuse injury or that injury that you don't have yet with confident ease. This is exclusively for members of the SB tribe only. So go to SuccessfulBodyWorker.com to become a member today and get your hands on that roadmap coming out this week. Oh man, I'm so excited for this launch. You have absolutely no idea. All right. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Have you ever had aches and pains in your neck? QL thumbs, lower back, shoulders, probably yes. And from specifically being a therapist, if you've been a, a massage therapist for a while, chances are that the answer is yes to any one or more of these areas. I can say so for myself. The simple answer, there are some bad habits that we have all picked up along the way from working on many, many clients. Habits that may feel normal or comfortable to your body just because they've become habitually adapted. What they may be causing you in the interim may surprise you though. Today's topic is the five habits massage therapists develop. Something that I always had trouble with was using way too much brute force and strength when completing strokes in the beginning of my career. I'm talking purely arm and shoulder strength and not using proper leg strength to do any of my strokes. 
yeah, I could pick them up off the table if I wanted to, but what good would that do for me when my shoulders and elbows ended up feeling like they would tear off or develop tendonitis in a few months? It's not worth it looking at the logistics of using strength in this manner. This leads me perfectly to the first point. I see a lot of therapists using upper body strength for their deep strokes and not enough body weight. Now, I don't see this as much as the other points, but it still bears listing on today's episode because it can have the ability to wreak some havoc on your upper body musculature. You know, I understand it. It may feel empowering at first to do some deep pressure with just your upper body strength, but like I said in my own story, it will only take you so far on your journey as a massage therapist. You see, we already place a lot of torque on our anterior shoulder joints and wrists, just adding that extra layer on top of it. It is only hammering that nail in deeper. I've seen plenty of therapists develop tendonitis in the wrist, hands, biceps, and deltoid from using this method of technique. If you are someone who does this regularly, there are some ways that you can get around this. First off, we want to think about redirecting that strength to our legs to build some torque in between the ground and our feet. This works best with carpeted floors, but it doesn't have to be. All you have to do is have enough tread in your shoe to dig your foot into the ground and externally rotate that hip and foot. The foot won't move much, but this is how you build torque and good tension in the hip. In terms of your arms, you can push into your client with a bone stacked shoulder, elbow, and wrist. From here, you can just kind of lean forward into the working arm and just move through your stroke. So just to recap, dig into the ground, externally rotate the hip and foot to dig into the ground, and lean into a bone stacked arm for the stroke. Part B of this point number one is not utilizing your body weight enough. I know what you might be thinking, what if I don't weigh that much? You can put your table down lower, which I know some of you have tried, but you can do more strength training and get that leg and upper body strength up. Or you can reach out to Julie Marciniak over at the North Carolina Ashiatsu Training Center to learn Ashiatsu. And I'll drop the link in the show notes today. A real quick side point here. I want to say that I am all for different kinds of techniques. And for mostly all of these points today, I really feel that Ashiatsu is a big missing piece for multiple reasons, because your legs are a powerful tool and good pressure, good body mechanics, and all around having more bodily strength. If you're using your legs for strokes, you're most likely going to stay upright and neutral. If you didn't, you would fall off the table. For anyone having trouble using body weight, I would strongly consider adding Ashiatsu to your arsenal. All right, so back to body weight. This can be such a great tool in your belt because, as I mentioned before, it is free, efficient use of pressure because it doesn't necessarily use more strength or force to do. Using too much strength too often can be really strenuous on the nervous system. So what I try and think about is just using as much body weight as possible and using strength only as I need it. <laughs> if you're into street racing, think of this as a nitrous oxide boost in your car when you need that extra kick and power. There is a certain reserve that you can pull from when you need it the most and should be preserved for certain situations. Completing your strokes and using your body weight in this way will redirect the strength you use in your arms to some of the bigger and stronger muscles that can handle that kind of load and give your arms the much needed break that they need. So this is habit number one that therapists develop using too much upper body strength for strokes and not enough body weight. Habit number two is using too much thumb in certain techniques. I can confidently say that more than 80% of therapists have been guilty of this either in the past or currently. It's just kind of one of those things that will yell at your body loudly if you use too much of it. Did you know that your thumbs and other fingers can only handle about 10 to 15 pounds of force? That means that repeatedly doing squeezing or pinching techniques have the potential to wreak havoc on your thumbs and quickly develop into other issues. 
I used to enjoy pinching and squeezing as I always got good feedback from clients on it, but I found that my hands didn't much like it at all. A few ways to combat this is to first use two hands to do these kind of techniques. You might be thinking, what the heck, what do you mean? Close your eyes and picture the superior portion of the left trap for this example. Take your left hand, scoop it underneath the anterior part of the trap, pull it back posteriorly towards the spine so you can see more of the trap tissue. So it should be kind of bunched up and balled up in your hand. Now take that right hand, glide it down with both straight fingertips or tiger claw with your knuckles. You can glide upwards superiorly towards the neck or laterally towards the deltoid. Both of these tools and directional force feel great without at all affecting your thumbs. If you're having trouble picturing this and other points, don't worry, I will make sure that I make a YouTube video demonstrating this whole episode so you can physically see it in person. The second way to take some pressure off the thumb is to fortify that thumb for trigger point techniques. You can do this by placing the thumb on the trigger point that you want to work and putting the opposite hand's open palm on top of the working thumb and push into it this way. You literally don't have to push down the thumb at all, just let that other hand do all the work for you. From here, you can do transverse friction or gliding friction with the pushing hand, all with that thumb underneath. The moment I started doing this, it saved me years of wear and tear on my thumb. So that is number two, using too much thumb in your techniques. On to number three, which is bending over in flexion too much. Now, this isn't inherently bad if done correctly with proper hinging patterns, but I see a lot of therapists that are more kyphotic and rounded and bent over. Kind of like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, if you want to picture it that way. This places a lot of tension on those posterior disc and erectors, which can lead to disc issues later on down the road. Couple this with lifting limbs and tables improperly, you can develop issues pretty quickly here. A lot of therapists do this for deep tissue and deep pressure, and I can really see why it is effective, but but this episode would be ineffective if I didn't give you a suggestion to do things differently, right? I posed this question of bad habits in my Facebook group, Successful Body Worker Community, and one of the responses was this very issue. My answer to this, again, is the split power stance I mentioned earlier in this first point. This is a really effective alternative to bending over because your spine and hips are completely stacked on one another. At this point, your body is a complete deficiency and energetic machine. This does multiple things. First off, you are better able to engage your trunk and abdominal muscles protecting your spine in the process. You have better use of your body weight to be able to lean into your client, which basically gives you free pressure to use without more of your muscle tissue. The split stance takes the pressure off of your erectors and posterior discs because you are more upright. And finally, you will use less elbow, which may not be perceived as feeling the best for some clients. This definitely isn't true for some of those masochistic clients, you know, we've had a few of those, right? But if you use some soft tissue with your knuckles and some tops of your fingers and these techniques, it will give your clients smooth yet deeper pressure without the pointy feeling of an elbow. I really enjoy the feel of this myself over elbow work and that, that pointiness, you know? That was number three, bending over in too much flexion. Number four on today's list is looking down at your precious work. I really get this point. You know, we want to see what we are actually doing. We want to see the redness in our client's tissue, the blood rush to the subcutaneous skin, the elastic feeling of loosened muscle. But this can, like the lower back, place a lot of pressure on those posterior cervical discs and upper portion of the cervical trap. I know that I mentioned in a past episode, every inch of your neck that is lower than neutral will add 10 pounds. So think about a bowling ball on a stick. 
the more you take it away from that moment arm, the more heavier it gets, right? All of you tech neck folks out there, your head is 60 pounds now. A simple and effective way to fix this is just simply keeping the neck straighter, but having the eyes fixed on a focal point above eye level. I believe that this can create more sensational awareness. You have to pay attention to the tone of their muscle and what it is telling you and what it is speaking to you. I sometimes keep my eyes closed to really get the best use of my senses. So that was number four, looking down at your work. And finally, number five on today's episode is favoring one side of your body when moving with strokes and other things. I still constantly see therapists leaning to one side when doing strokes, and this can really, really tighten up those QLs and obliques on one side and can lead to other dysfunctions in the body. Aside from being mindful of the position of your hips, you can also strengthen the opposing QL by doing a sidelined side bend and holding that position for five to 10 seconds per repetition. This really strengthens the opposite oblique and QL and helps to redirect those neural pathways to even out your hips. I will link a video to the show notes of this episode, so keep an eye out for the link on Facebook and Instagram and check it out. All right, guys, if you have ever developed any one of these habits, I hope this episode helped you to realize it and give you some good pointers to change the habits so you can stay a therapist for many, many years to come without the angst and pains that these habits can bring you. We covered using too much upper body strength and not enough body weight and how you can use a split power stance and body weight to provide an efficient stroke that doesn't take much effort on your part. Habit two is using too much thumb and how you can fortify that thumb with the palm of the opposite hand to push into trigger points. Number three was bending over inflection and how being more upright with the spine and hips stacked can provide you with the same pressure with less of a pointy elbow feel with certain strokes. Habit number four was looking down at your work and by keeping your eyes fixed on a point above eye level, which will keep your head upright. Where your eyes lead, your head will follow. That's what I always say. And finally, number five, which is favoring one side of the body with certain strokes and how the side bend can help you strengthen the opposing side QL. All right. (laughs) That was a mouthful. Thank you again for listening in on today's episode. It means a lot to me. And make sure you join me for another installment of the Successful Bodyworker Podcast. Hey, everybody, if you like this episode and you're looking for more of an in-depth solution for injury prevention, strength gain, financial self-care, and limiting self-beliefs, then check out SuccessfulBodyWorker.com. This is your number one resource for all things therapist self-care. Inside, you will find in-depth courses, webinars, Q&A calls, and an awesome tribe of therapists that all want to help you achieve the longevity you only thought was possible. Don't wait for an injury or burnout to happen. Level up your strength, self-care, and longevity today with Successful Bodyworker. See you all on the inside.